Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you turn your state convention into a tired wrestling cliché... What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, May 20th, 2016, Bad News About the Unicorns edition of the show, where we talk about the eternal primary and whether or not Bernie Sanders should drop out. Spoiler warning, Sanders fans are going to be pissed at me. Stay tuned! The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Lawson's Folding Chairs. When your rage can't be expressed in words, say it with Lawson. Lawson is the official folding chair of the professional wrestling and angry convention goers. Our lightweight, aerodynamically streamlined Lawson tosser model is perfect for throwing, striking, and bludgeoning. For 30 years, Lawson has specialized in seating not only comfortable to sit in, but easy to hurl at someone who's pissed you off. It doesn't matter if you're two grown men fighting in your underwear or a voter who thinks long-standing rules don't apply to your candidate. A Lawson folding chair is the perfect way to say it. Say it with violence, say it with Lawson. People are making death threats against party officials. People are throwing chairs and starting fights over assigning delegates. And the people doing this are not the people that we all thought would be doing this. I mean, just a few sweet weeks ago, Democrats were smugly watching Republicans living under the threat of violence if Trump didn't win the nomination. Remember how funny that was? I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? No, it's gone from funny ha-ha to funny peculiar when the chair is being thrown or at the Democratic State Convention in Nevada. Everyone relax. I'll clear this up in a minute. I know no chairs were actually being thrown, but come on. It's a rhetorical metaphor, people. It seems that Hillary supporters managed to outmaneuver Sanders supporters on a procedural matter and shift a couple of delegates from one column to another. And frankly, it's all fucking pointless since Hillary's delegate lead is all but insurmountable at this point. Shut your mouth, you white honky. Really, Gavin? Really? Are we going to play this game? First of all, you're whiter than I am. 
I, I'm sorry, Gavin suddenly is feeling the burn, which is incredibly pointless since the New York primary was weeks ago, but Gavin is an idiot. The meaningless delegate fight escalated into a shouting match, shouting match turned into alleged chair tossing, Lawson, not just for sitting, which turned into punching and eventually security actually shutting down the Nevada State Democratic Convention. Now, the state party in Nevada lays the blame for all of this at Sanders supporters who were really pissed off, crying foul and accusing the Democratic Party of rigging the convention to support Clinton, which in some ways is true since the delegates for Sanders did not even bother to register as Democrats before the deadline of May 1st, as is required by the rules agreed on by both sides, and therefore was were not eligible to vote in the convention. This, Sanders supporters felt was... Not fair, Daddy. What? And sure, if you consider not being able to participate because you weren't a member of the party holding the fucking convention unfair, I get it. I mean, I don't think it's at all fair that I'm not allowed to vote for the Academy Awards because... I'm not a member of the Academy, and I indeed have nothing to do with making movies. I mean, that's how this works, right? Because this is 2016, and just throwing a punch or a chair isn't enough to truly express how angry you are about something. You have to say it with a death threat, which is exactly what happened to the state Democratic chair Roberta Lang in Nevada. Her personal info was doxxed, and she began receiving calls and texts from angry Sanders supporters. How, do you ask, do I know that it was Sanders supporters? Well, I guess they could have been Martin O'Malley supporters from an alternate timeline where he didn't drop out months ago, but I'm just really going to have to go with the Sanders supporters. The state party offices were vandalized, and generally the whole thing is an embarrassing debacle that could be smoothed over with just a few words from the candidates. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's not what we got. What we did get was a rambling statement from the Sanders campaign about how unfair the entire process has been, and without a single line condemning violence until right in the middle. When Bernie says, it goes without saying, I condemn violence, no, Bernie, it doesn't go without saying because violence should always be vocally and loudly condemned right at the beginning. What you should have said was, we condemn the action of a tiny few of our supporters in the strongest possible terms and remind everyone the revolution we seek is not won by the fist, but by the idea. See, Bernie, hire me to write your apologies because that would have come across so much better than what you said. Not that Bernie supporters are the only ones to get my finger wagged this week because actor Wendell Pierce assaulted two people during an argument because they were Sanders supporters. You know why I respect you so much, Bunk? It's because when it came time for you to fuck me, you were very gentle. Damn right. See, because you could have hauled me out of the garage and just bent me over the hood of a radio car. And... No, you were you were very gentle. I knew it was your first time. I wanted to make that shit special. Oh, bunk! Come on, man. A man's got to have a code, and that code should not include slapping a woman in a bar because she believes in unicorns. I mean, when Bunk Moreland gets all drunk and beats up on a hipster instead of a perp, you know things are just getting too hot on the campaign trail. And the common consensus amongst the punditocracy is that the time has come for Sanders... We have to face facts. 
The war is lost. And admit he can't win the nomination and suspend his campaign. Now, I've weighed in on the matter before, concluding that while it remains possible for Bernie to close the gap, it also remains possible that Jennifer Lawrence will suddenly be overcome with the desire to have nasty sex with a chubby middle-aged podcaster. Possible, but... Yeah, that's not going to happen. The Sanders campaign has stated repeatedly they will stay in until the last ballot is cast, which, according to my calendar, is about three years after the heat death of the universe, because it's been that kind of a campaign season. Now, I've held all along that Sanders can keep running, go to the convention strong, carry his progressive message to the party from a place of strength and dignity. Despite the litany of epithets heaped upon my strong yet sensitive shoulders about being a sellout and a traitor to liberal politics, all of which has left me wounded deeply because they've come from my friends and... If I thought you were my friend, I just don't think I could bear it. Now, however, I'm becoming a little concerned because... In my conversations with Sanders supporters, which I'm continually shocked to find... Who hasn't? Are you still trying to win? I mean, 10 out of 10 for standing up for what you believe, minus several thousand for basic math skills. Because at this point, it's about numbers, and they're clear it would take Bernie winning by margins he has not and cannot meet in the few remaining states, the largest of which being California and New Jersey, and they're both staunchly in Hillary's camp. Bernie's not going to be the nominee, and Jennifer is not going to be hitting me up on FaceTime for a little podcaster booty call. And perhaps it's because of the prevailing narrative amongst Sanders supporters about the media being against him. Look, I, I don't know what's going on on cable news because I don't watch that shit. It makes you retarded. Isn't that a little politically um, incorrect? I'm sorry, that, that, that was insensitive, and I apologize to the developmentally disabled. What I should have said is that watching that shit turns you into Republicans, because that's what you're all starting to sound like to me. Maybe if you consumed some news that didn't come in a soundbite form, you could see that the majority of the press has treated Bernie very well because he's never been the front runner. One of the reasons Bernie's done so well is that no major news group has actually done a hit piece on him. Also, if you're single-sourcing your information about the media and Bernie from places like themediaislying.com, maybe you should try a little NPR, just to shake things up a bit. Like, I went to NPR and found out that no one actually threw a chair at the Nevada convention. But, like a frothing Sanders supporter, I'm not going to let reality get in the way of needing a hook to hang this week's show on. What's worse, the conspiracy theories are now starting to seep up from the ground like toxic sludge from the Gowanus Canal. The latest and most mind-blowingly stupid I've heard is that Bill Clinton was running around banging underage sex slaves with a pedophile millionaire. I mean, sure, he was totally hanging out with this pedophile millionaire, but so were a lot of other people before he went to jail, including Donald Trump, by the way. They weren't there for the underage sex slaves. They aren't Rush Limbaugh. They were there for the money. But hey, Bernie folks, if you want to be the kind of person who gets your news from Breitbart, well, then I guess I'll just see you at the Trump rally this fall.
The case for Bernie staying in is a good one. The longer he stays, the more delegates he wins, the better his hand is at the convention. He can have a huge influence on the policies and platforms of the party he became so recently a part of. And if that's what he's doing, then that's what he needs to say now. Because the message he's selling to his legions of fans who hang on his every word like Bobby Sock teens listening to a Beatle album is that we can win. And again, yeah, he could win. But neither one of us should be buying new sheets in in expectation of Jennifer Lawrence showing up. Ew, seriously? That is so gross. That, by the way, Bowling Branch would have been a great place for me to segue into one of your ads. Call me. So maybe, just maybe, your message could be modified a touch there, B-Man. Because I spend a lot of time on social media perusing the comments of websites because I have a day job with very little actual work. And the Sanders folks are in it to win it and won't take the concepts of basic reality for an answer. Indeed, many of them adamantly refuse to embrace the idea of an abstract concept like numbers representing the reality of millions of voters who willingly chose Hillary Clinton over their guy. People disgust me. Their elegantly reasoned arguments for overturning the will of two and a half million voters, many of whom were black and Latino, in order to, quote, help them, unquote, by electing Bernie Sanders, whom, if they only understood, they would all see is so much better for them than the person they actually chose. I mean, these arguments are not in the least smug or condescending and certainly not racist, having a bunch of rich, young, college-educated kids tell you that you don't have a fucking clue about who you voted for. White man's burden, Lloyd, my man. White man's burden. Even Bernie, who I've always had tremendous respect for through the entire campaign, is arguing that overturning the will of the voters through superdelegates whom in their entire existence have never voted against the candidate with the most delegates and the most votes, that they should do exactly that and hand him the nomination. Why? Because he thinks he's the best candidate for the job? Or is it because he thinks he deserves to win? It's really hard for me to tell anymore. The rhetoric sounds to me like someone who thinks they deserve to win. And that's certainly what his supporters are hearing, whether or not that's what he intends. Every time I try to have a civil, level-headed conversation with passionate Sanders supporters, I always feel as though I'm telling a child the truth about Santa Claus and that I have some really bad news about the unicorns. Whoa, Gavin, buddy. You okay there? You, you, you did know about the unicorns, right? Where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, Christ. Now i got to edit the show tonight. Well, at least the drops won't be blown out again. And as angry as that made Gavin, Bernie supporters are way madder because they're convinced the system is rigged against them. And you know what? It is. Always has been. You see, the two parties created the rules just so people like Bernie and Trump couldn't happen. Admittedly, one party did not do well, so well with their rules, but the Democrats did. 
And Bernie knew this going in. It's not like the rules were changed in this primary because they've been rules for the past three election cycles. Shana, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. It was the choice he made when he ran as a Democrat instead of an independent because he knew as unlikely as his win might be as a Democrat... It was fucking impossible any other way. Trying to change the rules now as like, I don't know, an NFL quarterback secretly messing with game balls to give him an advantage. And we all know no one would ever do that, right? Now, I personally believe that Bernie will endorse Hillary when the time comes. Above it all, because I think he's a good man doing a dirty job. I also believe that the mass of ardent Sanders supporters will in the interest of what is best for the country, go out and vote for Hillary. They're not going to like it, but they're going to do it. It's the subset of rabid Sandernistas who are doing dumb things like calling death threats into party officials in some flyover state that need to be firmly denounced, to be disowned, and to be disavowed. And it needs to be done clearly, unequivocally, so that none of these idiots can read between the lines the things they want to see there, but were never between the lines. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Why can't you go back where you came from? Leave us alone! Because these fuckers, we don't need them. We don't want them. They were never going to actually vote in the first place. Because you see, there's an element of truth to some of the worst things said about Sanders supporters. Not all of them. Not less than 5% of them, I would say, that are just there because it's fun to shake their fist at the man. Educated, spoiled, upper middle class and rich kids who never needed to work a day in their young lives. Given They were given everything they want, trophies for showing up, basically rewarded for just being born. They are the modern equivalent of the 60s limousine liberal. Who could be liberal because it was trendy and cool? Except these fuckers are liberal because it's annoying to their conservative parents. They'll go to rallies, they make impassioned social media posts, and when it comes time to go to the polls, well, they're just going to roll over and go back to sleep. Really? The Democrats never counted on you in the first place. So please, do us all a favor. Shut up and go back to sleep until you hit your 40s and start voting Republican. As to the rest of Bernie supporters, the 97% of you who genuinely want change but are uncomfortable with Hillary, understand. But it's four years. If she sucks, vote her out when we don't have a low-rent wannabe dictator on the other side. I know you're tired of waiting, but if you just think about the alternatives, my God, we'll see you guys in Philly. We'll press the shit out of Hillary to get some real progressive planks on the platform. And come November, we'll all vote. We'll have a few drinks and watch the orange genital wart go down in flames. It's going to be a blast. And finally, Bernie, Booby, I know you're listening to my podcast. It's time to start packing it in. It's time to talk about saving the country from its dumbest fucking citizens. You did this amazing thing. You earned every vote, but you didn't get enough. You're not doing it to put the party first. You're doing it to put the country first. Time to smack down the bros and the alleged chair tossers, which didn't actually happen. 
And for our part, for the Hillary supporters, we're going to sit down with Bunk. He was probably out drinking with McNulty, and you know how those boys get on their Jameson. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Shit is fucked. We promise no more punch-ups in hotels. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. It looks like I'm going to have to go out and look for producer Gavin. The last time I mentioned that unicorns weren't real, he ran into the steam tunnels below City College and I couldn't find him for a week. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and remind you that we're on iTunes and Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play Podcast. You can subscribe and leave us a rating or a review. It really helps angry Sanders supporters find us to send death threats. We're on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast where I and Bunk are frequently drunk and talking about Hillary while we're in the middle of a bottle of Jameson. All of the shows are in one convenient location at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. Don't forget, if you have a pressing question that needs an actual answer, use the hashtag AskAPodcaster because podcasters are the new Dear Abby. I mean, I completely read that someplace. I think it was on... Dear Prudence or something. She totally said something basically like that. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the Soul Crush producer Gavin, and all the fictional people on this show, we want to remind you that long ago when America was green, there were more kinds of politicians that you've ever seen. But the days of them being elected are all long gone, and there's no such thing as the unicorn. Yeah, I had to stress that. We'll see you guys next week. Some humpty back camels and some chimpanzees Some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born The loveliest of all was the unicorn Seltzer Kings Podcasts